And I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but if I didn't, a little insurance. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel to get them notifications that we have coming your way. We've been pushing out a lot of content. Last week was three episodes. This week is two episodes. So we pushing out the content. So make sure you like and subscribe and send a friend that knows a friend who loves sports to lock into the show as it will go a long way to have people locking into what we're doing. But without further ado, I'm going to pass over the mic to my guy, Zach, in the building. And Zach, what's going on, my guy? Well, doing well. Happy to be here, as always. And we're officially in the month of May, which is crazy because it feels like not too long ago, the football season ended. We had the draft. I'm happy to be on. This is my first time uh, since the draft on this show. So I'm really looking forward uh, to breaking some of that down with you guys. But yeah, happy to be here, as always. Great time in the sporting calendar. And uh, I'm ready to discuss it with you guys. And I got my guy here who's in the building. Okay, it's always a good vibe when you got your guy or my guy. Good vibes by Zay in the building. Zay, what's going on? Uh, you know, I'm not really feeling a good vibe right now. We're going to talk about it in this very first topic. Um, I have a lot to say. There's going to be a lot to uh, break down, especially with the draft, the basketball scene. Um, there's a lot to break down, but, you know, there's a lot to say, a lot to speak about. But I'm here with Zach, Lil. It's been a while since so all three of us did a show. I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of content out there. Please like, subscribe to the channel, and um, enjoy the show. And Zay, you know, I see the energy. I'm going to start off with you first since you, you know, I, I, I felt that that was a little subliminal. Get me the mic right now, okay? So I'm going to give you the mic, all right? The Knicks escape a scare from the shorthanded heat to tie the series at one apiece. Should we be confident in the Knicks despite barely, okay, barely, beating a Jimmy Butler-less Heat team and say the Mike Shorts. You know, uh, before I even get to that point, the uh, game two was um, just a disgusting display from the Knicks. Um, we haven't been playing good basketball since the playoff has started. You can make the argument. Uh, defensively, we're there. Offensively, we can't buy a basket. We're we're confused on what's going on. Um, we're having miscues. We're not playing team basketball. We're not playing the, the Knicks basketball. We've been playing all season. We got away, we've gone away from that. And it's doing a whole different brand, and I just don't like it. Defensively, we're getting beat up. Jalen Brunson's getting beat up on these different switches, going to Max Shrews and all these other guys who are taking them one-on-one. -on -one. I just don't understand what the hell is going on on defense either. It doesn't make any sense how we can somehow stifle the Cleveland Cavaliers but then blow the bag against the Miami Heat, a team that is devoid of top-tier scorers, elite scorers. Um, and it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, to get to the question, should we be confident? Um, of course we should, because Miami, he's role players are the ones that are playing out of their mind. Gabe Vitz is putting up career-high numbers out of all the seasons. Caleb Martin putting up career-high numbers out of all the seasons. These are dudes who average less than 10 points per game in their careers per season. So these are guys that I'm not really scared of. These are not guys that I'm, I'm daunted by that's going to have a consistent record throughout the entire series. But it's an issue because of what the Knicks are allowing to happen. You know, the Knicks are allowing guys to be wide open. Three-point shooter, Duncan Robinson, Kevin Love, Gabe Vincent, wide open. These guys, Caleb Martin hit four threes last night. There's a guy who doesn't hit three-point shots. He made four of them in a night. That's not, that's irregular. That's not something that happens on occasion. My issue is we're not getting the regular production from Emmanuel quickly, who's taking four less shots per game than he did in the regular season. He shot 11 times. He had 11 shot attempts per game in the regular season. He's shooting seven per game in the playoffs. That's terrible. His volume needs to go up. He needs to take those shots. It's one thing to be missing shots. It's another thing to not take them at all. That is daunting. Quentin Grimes is another dude, a guy who shoots more than three times a game. For whatever reason, he's only taking three shots per game. He's not 
taking shots. Volume is key. You have to take them to make them. If you're not making the shots, that's that's nothing to us. I'd rather you miss than you do not take the shot at all. That is something I can't see. It seems like ever since R.J. Barrett stepped it up in production, the other guys have stepped it down. Obi Toppin, um, Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, um, even Mitchell Robinson at times, he's showing up. You know, he's showing up more, more than any, anyone else on the damn team, damn near. And it's getting ridiculous. I need these guys to be aggressive and score the basketball. Look like a threat. These guys are not looking like threats. They're being left wide open. They're being welcomed into um, trying to drive into the paint. You got to, as soon as you catch that ball, shoot it. You're there to shoot the basketball. That is something that I'm getting upset with the Knicks about because everything is self-inflicted wounds. It's not about what the Miami Heat are doing. It's about the Knicks are self-inflicting pain so that they could prohibit themselves from winning. The Knicks look like they wanted to end this season early um, against Miami Heat in game two. They wanted this season to end the way they were playing early on. The way Brunson played in that first half was atrocious. It didn't look good at all. It took a lot of heroics from Brunson to really show up and win that basketball game. Julius Reno coming up and winning that basketball game. This team needs to go back to playing how they played. Gritty, 48 minutes of basketball, getting buckets, scoring buckets, being aggressive on offense. They're not showing that in this playoffs thus far, and it seems like this is their makeup. This is their image that they're showing in the playoffs. They're a team that's too uh, afraid of the bright lights. That's the team that I'm looking at right now with the New York Knicks team. Everybody was talking about R.J. Barrett needs to step up. R.J. Barrett needs to be a star. R.J. Barrett needs to do this, that, and third. He's showing up in the playoffs. Where the hell is everyone else? And that is my problem. Yes, I'm confident that the Knicks complete could, could, could combat with the Miami Heat team. That's not what I'm scared about. I'm scared that this Knicks team does not know what the hell they are doing. They don't remember who they are. And that is my biggest problem right now. And I'm going to save a little bit more energy for the second lap. Zach, the mic is yours. <laughs> yeah, so I think in game two last night, there were some things that were really positive in terms of just how the Knicks were able to win the game, right? Jalen Brunson, he drops 30 points. He hit six threes. That was an unbelievable performance. I want to give some credit to Julius Randle, a guy who has struggled a little bit to stay on the floor throughout the playoffs. He's back and healthy last night. He has 25 and 12, eight assists. He played probably his best game of the playoffs. Josh Hart, he didn't play great for the first three quarters of the game, but when the Knicks needed him the most, he stepped up at the end and hit a couple big-time shots to really give the Knicks a little bit of a comfortable edge. Hardenstein, I was very happy about the fact that the MSG crowd really recognized just how important he was to the win. He comes away with nine rebounds, just fighting his ass off on the glass for the entire night. So there were some individual performances, I think, that deserve a lot of credit. The issue is, this is a Heat team that doesn't have Jimmy Butler in it last night. This is a Heat team that doesn't have Tyler Hero right now. And honestly, especially after what happened in game one, I thought the Knicks should have not come out with a little bit more desperation, but this honestly should have just been a comfortable win. Like, I wasn't really expecting this game to be particularly close. And late in the fourth quarter, when the Heat are up by six points with uh, uh, six minutes left, like, I was a little concerned. Like, shit, the Knicks have to win this game or else they could be in some big trouble going back to Miami. And it was very good, of course. They found a way to do that. But I'm just saying this right now, guys. Like, this is not the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I believe Will said uh, right at when we started the show, like, we're, we saw some frauds in the regular season that uh, we saw what their true faces are in the playoffs. Like, I think Cleveland is a team that you could definitely put into that category. But Miami isn't. Like, they're the opposite. They're a team that 
struggled at times during the regular season. But you know, in the playoffs, in most series they're in, they're going to have the coaching advantage and they're going to have the best player on the floor. And that's the thing I'm nervous about. That's the thing that when you ask me, like, how confident am I in the Knicks to win this series? Like, I'm not going to lie, guys. I I think this is a 50-50 toss-up series right now, which shouldn't be the case considering the Miami Heat besides Jimmy Butler. Like, the Knicks, I thought were the deeper team, but we haven't seen that depth advantage in this Miami series like we have in the Cleveland series, even though on paper it should be. So the Miami Heat, like, I have a lot of respect for them. It's crazy considering they were – 27th in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage during the regular season. They really struggled, but as soon as the playoffs come around, everyone just starts making shots. That's what really good teams do. And Eric Sapolstra, he'll always have his team showing up, ready to play. I was impressed by the adjustments he was able to make in game one, throwing a zone at the Knicks to really slow their offense down when in the first half of that game, they couldn't really make a shot. That's kind of when I realized like, okay, game one, we might be in trouble considering The Knicks were only up by five, and it felt like they should have been up by 12 or 13 points at the end of that first half, considering how well they played. And uh, Miami is just a pain in the ass. They're a really good team, even though they didn't have a great regular season. And uh, I have a lot of respect for Spolstra, Jimmy, and the Heat. So right now, I think this is a series that's very up for grabs. It's very wide open. And if the Knicks don't show up in game three in Miami, they're going to be in serious trouble. I think I'm kind of on the same playing field here. You know, there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of anxiousness. There's a lot of, um, you know, still optimism on the side of us being Knicks fans here. So I guess I'm going to stay on that train. You know, it's it's not a good win. It's not. And I think Miami should feel as good about their performance in a loss as the Knicks should feel good about not being old, down 0-2, right? And you mentioned the words fraud, Zach, in your last statement, right? I think Cleveland was a fraud. They were fraudulent, right? They pretended to be this team that was going to knock off one of the big dogs, right? But I think Miami was perpetrating a fraud. They were, you know, I looked at Miami the regular season. They couldn't shoot the rock good at all. They was one of the worst three-point shooting teams, and they took for, for the amount they took in the regular season. Then they get to the playoffs. They shoot about 40% plus, okay? I believe it was like 45% they shot from three. They knocked off the quote-unquote favorite to win the whole NBA Finals in five games. They were perpetrating a fraud. I want Miami. Um, Lil, you better be careful what you wish for because Miami was definitely perpetrating a fraud. There's no NBA player right now starving, more starving for NBA Finals than Jimmy Butler. There's no coach that I would rather have coaching my team other than Eric Spolcher, right? And I think the coaching advantage is clear, right? I remember I referenced... Game one, Tom Thibodeau not making adjustments, right? And I'm here to come with my receipts. You got a Jimmy Butler guy who's hobbled, literally is just in the game to be a decoy. Attack him, okay? Force him to defend. Test his ankle. Okay, can you do that for me, please? We could have won that game one. No, Tom Thibodeau, you know, hands on his hip like a hippopotamus, standing there like an old-ass granny, okay? Make the adjustments. If Eric Spolster is going to come out, play zone, switch it up, you got to combat that. That's why you a coach, okay? And he didn't match the X's and O's that Eric Spolstra brought to the table. And that's why we lost game one. Now, game two, credit to us and our guys and our stars, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, all right? It wasn't easy. Sometimes we forced shots into the zone, but we found gaps, little gaps, and we made more shots than we did in game one. So that kind of edged us out. But I think when you look at little nuances like this, 
in the second quarter, I believe, matter of fact, the second half, they called about two timeouts Miami. And off those two timeouts, Eric Spolstra drew up a play for them to score immediately. That's little nuances like that that scares the life out of me because I'm like the coaching advantage is clearly on their side. So I think for us, I'm not going to hit the panic button. I still expect us to win the series, but we're going to have to step it up. And that starts with Tom Thibodeau. It starts with us making our shots when we are open. They're going to clog the lanes. They're going to force us to make shots. We got to hit them. Okay, that's what we that's what we are did. That's the premise of basketball to get the ball through the daggone net. And we need to do it, okay? And hopefully we do. So I'm not going to hit the panic button once again. I still think we should be confident. But there's a part of me that is worried. And I'm going to leave it at that. You know, um, I, I agree with you briefly with the game one. The only thing I disagree with is the adjustment part. Because in game one, we missed 16 wide open shots. Wide open threes in particular. Um, If they're playing a zone, they're forcing us to shoot three. And there's no way to get into the paint. Because they were trying to just keep bombarding the paint every chance, they, every opportunity they tried, they had to go into the paint and just drive in and it wasn't working because the three ball wasn't falling in. We had 16 wide open threes missed the best. The only thing I do agree with is that the only you could, only thing you could really do is continue playing Obi top and who was the best three point shooter on the team at the time. You should have played him more in the fourth, but he or you played can play guys like what about doing guys like um McBride and Quentin Grimes a little bit more guys that are, you know, like Grimes is one of our best three-point shooters. He shot yeah, like reluctant to shoot the entire, entire that's the thing. Like I agree with everything you're saying, but Grimes has been reluctant to shoot this entire series, the entire playoffs. He's healthy because I don't. I don't. I don't. Think I, don't, I, don't I don't even. Yes, know he had to show the injury and all that. But man, anything was better than what happened in Game One. I take a, a guy with half a shoulder. Game I take Brenton Grimes with no shoulder. Game we have was bad. Shots. Game one was bad because outside of Brunson, who was off over seven, he was the only one really willing to shoot the three. RJ was a hand shot. He didn't want to shoot threes. Josh Hart wasn't even looking to shoot the ball at all. There's guys on this team that didn't want to shoot the basketball. Emmanuel quickly has still been reluctant to shoot the basketball. There's a lot of issues with, right now that's going on in the playoffs that is showing a lack of confidence in their three-point shot. And the Miami Heat are exposing that. Like, if you want to shoot, go ahead. We're daring you to shoot. They're leaving RJ open. They're leaving OB open. They're leaving Josh Hart open. If you're gonna, if they're gonna beat us, those guys have to hit the threes because Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly are not shooting, and that's the problem. These guys who are shooters on this team need to shoot the basketball. I don't care if you're one for ten. Shoot the damn basketball. You need to shoot. You have to. You have to have these guys respect you. These guys are not even respecting your jump shot because they know you're gonna pump fake and drive into the paint. They're not respecting your jump shot. You have to show them to be respectable. You're going to pull the jump shot. You're not going to make every single one, but you're going to make a few that you pull up. You have to shoot. So that, that's that's what it is in game one. In game two, it quickly only played nine minutes because Tibbs is getting tired of it. Remember, quickly is Tibbs' guy. Tibbs said it himself. Emmanuel quickly is his guy, but he's not shooting the basketball. So he's taking him out the game because you're not impacting the floor. You need to be able to impact the offense so we can score. We already have everyone playing defense. RJ playing defense. Brunson, Josh Hart, everyone's playing defense. Emmanuel quickly needs to score the basketball. That's the only way he's going to stay on this floor. You got I saw Obi Toppin play more minutes than him last night, and Obi only played 10 minutes. So he quickly needs to show up because he's not showing up, and that's the big microcosm of this Knicks team right now in the playoffs, that Manuel quickly is showing a shell of who he really is. We've seen who he really was the entire season, and now in this playoff, he's disappeared. Houdini. I mean, look, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with roster construction. Let's be real. We are not a catch-and-shoot type of team. That's not our forte. So I think when you enter the playoffs, if you're Tom Thibodeau, right, I'm not no coaching expert, but I will figure you will find ways to get the Knicks moving downhill, find creative ways. Like I said, Jimmy Butler was hobbled. He was just standing there as a decoy late in that game one, attacking. Okay, because he can't guard nobody being hurt. 
So attack him specifically. So I think it's little things like that. You said, you know, I don't care if we take 100 threes. We took 34, close to a damn 100, right? And we made seven. So it's not our forte. We're going to have to, yes, I do agree. We're going to have to hit shots, but we're also going to have to find unique creative ways to find the gaps in the zone. I thought we found some gaps in there. We matched the physicality. That was a start. Hartenstein, we got to give him credit for the physicality that he brought to the game. And I'm um, just pushing everything on the fast break. Remember that pass that he threw? I forgot who caught it, and we had an easy layup. It's little things like that that we are going to have to do. We're going to have to move very fast, okay, and, and tie the heat out on defense. And that's how I feel that we can, uh, you know, try to attack the zone that they're throwing our way. But to just say shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, that's not our style. It's never been. We are not catching shoot. Yes, we are going to have to make some, but we are going to have to find ways to get easy baskets as much as we can. Real quick, Zach, before you get in there, I just want to say real quick, Miami Heat is another team that's not known for catching and shooting threes. They're a team that actually in the bottom tier of three-point attempts. I think uh, they not sure look like it in, in game and two. My thing. guy, Caleb Martin, was out here looking like Steph Curry out here Clearly, And that's why. Okay, that's the difference. When you say we're not a team that does shoot, catch, and shoot, we need to. Because the Miami Heat weren't more a team that did that for 82 games. They come in the playoffs, they're shooting the lights out the gym. They kicked, They shot the Bucks out the gym. They shot the Bucks yeah. out the gym. The, one of the top teams that was the, that was anticipated to be in the NBA Finals. So if we want to be uh, the next team to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, we want to beat Miami. We have to be a team that we're not. We have to be a team that's not willing, not being afraid to shoot the basketball. And that's the team we have to show because Miami Heat, anybody shooting. You got Kayla Marsh out, like you stated, looking like Stephon Curry. So we need Quinn Grimes to be out there looking like Klay Thompson. We need Emmanuel Quigley to be out there shooting the damn ball. We can't just be, oh, this is not who we are because that's not going to help us win. It's winning at any cost. So if that means shooting more, then shoot the damn ball. We can't just sit here and be like, that's not who we are because then we shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Everybody's going to stick to who we are. Just an overall thought on that from an overall basketball perspective. Like, one thing I actually realized in March Madness during the NCAA tournament was we saw a lot of upsets, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it's just a simple game. Like, do you make shots or not? And I think that's the thing about the Heat that's so interesting to me is they didn't shoot the ball well throughout the regular season, but in a position where they're very hobbled, they're without Tyler Hero, they just continue to shoot, and, and they go in, and, and that's how they've been winning games. But with the Knicks last night, one thing I'm really concerned about going into game three is Jalen Brunson made six threes yesterday. That's not something you're going to be able to get every game from him. You'll get RJ Barrett. He made five threes. Randall was phenomenal. His best game of the playoffs. Our three best players all played really well. And still, we barely beat the Heat at home without Jimmy Butler. Like, that's a concern to me going into game three in Miami. <laughs> now, I agree with that. And it's a great point because, yes, game one, we shot horrifying. Game two, we shot pretty good for our standards of not being that type of team. And it's not like, can we sustain that? And that's my worry, is that are they going to force us to jack up these many threes every single game? Because it's going to be games that we're going to make them, and it's going to be games where we're not hitting them. Can we find other adaptive ways to generate offense is my biggest question. That's my point, pretty much. You know, last point I wanted to make real quick before we move on. Um, you know, it's troubling that because Obi Toppin didn't play well. He's been playing well the entire playoff series. Um, the entire playoffs, he's been playing well. Uh, last night was like the one rare game that we we seen him deflated, um, not locked in. He's he's overthinking himself. He's over he's overthinking what he should be doing. Um, he's reacting instead of acting, and I think that's gonna change going into game three and four. I think 
his play is is was is what's crucial. It's no longer what Emmanuel quickly or what Crane Grimes does. It's what Obi Toppin going to provide us off the bench. We saw him when Randall went out. He scored twelve straight in that third quarter. That that helped us win that that uh, game, game five. You know, and Obi Toppin is going to be have to be the one to show up because we can't trust um, Emmanuel quickly anymore. We can't trust Quentin Grimes to do anything. It's going to have to be Obi Toppin and Josh Hart coming off the bench and doing something and and, and basically willing the bench into making um something happen because we're currently. Um, holding my breath with Emmanuel Quigley and Quentin Grimes to do anything is exhausting at this point. They're showing us who they exactly who they are. They're they're two players that are they're corner headlights. They're not ready for the big moment to make those shots. And is right now is at a point where I'm defeated when it comes to those two guys. It has to gonna be relied upon Obi Toppin and, and Josh Hart to come off that bench and really make something happen. And and um Isaiah Hartenstein when his numbers called upon to score because after Emmanuel Quigley and Quentin Grimes right now are just not looking like net positive players on the offense and robinson is another story i mean oh my god this series last series yes robinson there you go Rob. this series uh i think anybody watching this show right now hearing us talk they probably like listen i don't sound very confident the way how we getting on right cheer up we won right we tied the series one one i mean this is as crazy as it's gonna get for knicks fans here who won a game and it's coming like this the way how we are listen there's still more games to be played. I expect us to win the series when it's all said and done in seven games. And I'm going to just leave it there. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We're, we're slinging shows left and right. Slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question. Something you may want to answer. Something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question. 